This is Suzanne York with Humans Optimized. We specialize in change management for technology adoption by bringing together advancements in technology with elevated human skills. Our aim is to cultivate human-to-human and human-to-technology collaboration. This combination will allow us to take advantage of the immense opportunities in the future of work. They say that necessity is the mother of invention. When you experience a problem, you find a way to fix it. With the case of some technology advancements, it actually starts with a possibility rather than solving a recognized need. So how do companies explain how their complex technology products appeal to a new audience so that they will buy a solution to a problem they didn't even know they had? Here to tell her story about how she crafts compelling messages to showcase the value of technology to non-tech decision makers is Margie Agin, award-winning marketer and founder of Centerboard Marketing. Margie, welcome and thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, well, we have a number of things in common, one of which is our shared passion for technology and people and the role that we play as the translator. So we interpret these complex ideas into more easily accessible language. For me, I love it, and I know through our conversations that you do too. So what has what excites you about being the interpreter? You know, my background, I've always loved languages, foreign languages, um, and traveling and getting to know other other cultures. Um, I lived in Japan for a while, um, a couple decades ago now, and had to sort of figure out what people were saying without really understanding, you know, every every word and kind of mm. get the core. Um, so they would say a sentence and I would listen along, listen along, and then I'd go, oh, there, that's a word I understand. Okay, let's take it from that point of common understanding and then kind of ask some questions and grow from there and see if I can basically understand what they're saying. And <laughs> a, a nugget in the context. I love it. And I, I, because I am not a developer or an engineer myself, I'm a marketer, um, but I work with a lot of developers and engineers and, and technologists. I kind of feel like it's a similar sort of exercise where, you know, they're speaking in a language with terms that they understand um, that I don't know, right? Or I don't know the culture and I don't necessarily know the um, in the jargon, right? And so when I work with a technology company to um, kind of market and, and sell their products, it's very similar to that exercise of listening, kind of trying to break through some of that jargon and some of that noise to get to the nugget of information uh, and then expanding from there. Um, it's a culture, yeah. right? It, it's a different kind of language and different kind of culture. And But if we can get sort of to a point of common understanding, then we can just sort of break it down into human terms that um, help us communicate with each other. I can see that uh, story in my own career. So early on when I started doing more work directly with technology teams, I had a similar experience that much of the actual words that were being said were very unfamiliar to me. But what I could tell was when their excitement would elevated or when their concern mm-hmm. came through. So a lot of this was the body language or the reactions that they were giving. And 
that's how I started to key in on, okay, that was an important point. I may not know why, but let me dig in a little deeper. And you can start to see both the things they're trying to solve as well as the benefits that the solution is bringing just by the excitement that the people who made it talk about it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Um, And when you're, same thing if you're talking to a customer um, who often is a technology buyer um, or could be a business buyer, but in in their language and their excitement, um, when they start talking about how they benefit from a product or a service, you know, now you're really getting into something that it, it has an impact on their business and on their even their personal life and that's what kind of gets people's juices flowing mm. so well we you know we have to talk about the technology especially at certain points in the you know in the buying process you know as people are going to make decisions they need to know exactly what the product does and how it does it and how easy is it to implement and integrate and configure and you know all of these things um but especially in the beginning stages of getting people excited about even doing a proof of concept or taking a demo or taking a trial or any of those things, before you get to that point, um, it, it, they need to get excited about the possibility mm. where they'll be after they use this product and how it's going to help them. And right. we can kind of tap into that excitement that that you were kind of listening for in those conversations, um, you know, then you start to build trust and you kind of buy their interests. So they're willing to then sit through the rest of the pitch. Right, <laughs> exactly. Dig in yeah. the technical details. Right. So, so it, it, you're spot on with starting with the what and why to create that sense of um, possibility of the future state. And and you sell, sell, work with companies in the B2B space a lot where the decisions are not made by one person. And so you've got not only the, the business buyer, but the tech buyer. So tell more about that. Like, how do you, how do you get the messaging through to two very different audiences? Yeah. And that is an, an interesting uh, kind of exercise in different types of marketing techniques, sort of whether you're selling directly to buyers or you're sort of selling through uh, mm. a champion. So um, I, have one, I have one client that I'm working with right now where um, the technology that uh, they create is for um, privacy and compliance. Okay. okay. So they've got uh, which is a huge topic right now with not just GDPR, but we have CCPA in California and a lot of other privacy-oriented laws um, being developed and implemented all around the world, right? So the people that are most concerned about this are lawyers, right? Ah. Where privacy leaders or legal teams, um, they're the ones that have to figure out if the company's compliant or not. But their work is also dependent on... Um, the technical team to help them out, right? How right. to manage the data and store the data and so forth. So on the client side, these two groups uh, don't communicate very effectively. <laughs> the, sure. the, the, the lawyers are not technologists, right? right. And um, so they don't even really know sort of what to ask for. Um, from their IT teams. Right. And especially in privacy, these are folks that have never had sort of the benefit of automation tools before, you know, mm. a very like old school, traditional kind of um, discipline. And so 
our job as the sort of vendor or potential vendor is to help these people communicate with each other because both of them are important in the decision, right? And we need to get both um, approving the, the the project in order to move it forward. Um, but really, it's the business side. It's that privacy compliance leader or lawyer who's you know, ultimately on the hook for, mm. um, you know, for making sure the company stays compliant. So first we have to convince them and then we have to help them convince the IT team. So making yeah. them kind of a champion and arming them with information that then they can deliver internally within an organization, right, is one way that, that we can do that. Um, so things like, you know, explicitly having a campaign that says, talk to your IT team about this, you know, here yeah. are your talking points. Here's what this technology terminology means. Um, so that when you talk to them, you can kind of be on the same page. Here's kind of a buyer's guide. Um, I've even seen campaigns that um, like direct marketing kind of uh, campaigns where both say you you send a message to the privacy leader and you say if you're able to get your IT leader uh, and both of you together kind of come hand in hand to this demo right then they get some kind of a uh, you know a reward or or a gift card or you know sometimes there's some kind of a <laughs> some kind of swag an entitlement right. right but the idea yeah. is just to get these two groups within the customer environment, right? To get these two groups talking to each other effectively because you need both of them um, going to bat for you in order to win the deal. Yes, absolutely. They both have different things at stake. And ultimately what we want them to see is the value in the solution that's being provided. And each of them will see something different in terms of that value. Right, absolutely. So that's where sort of the product marketing messaging kind of comes in, right? So, um, you know, a, a, a privacy person might see you can, uh, you know, meet compliance faster. You can generate these privacy impact assessments or, you know, you can help your customers get access to their data, right? These are the things the privacy person cares about. But on the IT side, you know, that person might actually care about, uh, you know, streamlining the integration across systems to to classify data and figure out where personal information even lives within their tech stack, right? Mm -hmm. So you can tell how sort of the language changed, you know, the word choice changed, um, as well as the angle of sort of the pitch, um, you know, to these two different audiences. Yeah, it's multi-layered for sure. Um, and you're you're really just to echo your point about getting them both in the same room at the same time. I have found that being it to be really helpful because then if they're both not hearing the same message, one of them has to go to the other and and convince. And then they they're put in a position where they're not marketers and they're not close enough to the solution to to do it justice. So I like what you're what you're recommending is get everybody in the same room at the same time. Yes. And, and it's important to boil down your message as a vendor um, to very simple terms that are easy for people to remember and communicate without you being in the room, right? Mm. If you imagine that person is 
an extension of your marketing team, really, you know, they're your champion and they're going to bat for you. So you have to make it dead simple (laughs) for them. (laughs) Well, and that's a fascinating way to think about it because um, many of these technology solutions are, they're complex in a great way. And, and the people who created them are so proud of them that Mm -hmm. I can imagine boiling it down to a message that can be carried forward by someone else is actually pretty challenging. It is. I mean, I think it's Mark Twain, right, who said something like, you know, I I wrote a long letter. I would have written a shorter one, but I didn't have enough time. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. It's a lot harder to write long and I mean, easier to write long and sort of be verbose. And you want to tell everything about your story. Um, But especially when you're counting on somebody else to carry that water for you um, mm. and you want to make it memorable it ha- you have to boil it down to its essence so uh, how what mm-hmm. tips do you have for people to do that because I find it's hard to edit my own paper for example um, so if you, if you <laughs> what are some tips that you to help people kind of sift through all of what they could say to find what they really need to say Right. Um, I agree. I I mean, I always have somebody else edit what I write and, um, or step away from it for a day. Right. Um, and it's those nuggets, right? It's sort of, let's start with back to where we were talking at the beginning of the conversation, which is listening for those sort of nuggets of excitement, nuggets of information and open with that. Right get to what is the main takeaway that if people remember nothing else from this conversation, this is the one thing you want them to remember, right? Mm. And I mean, let's say it's a blog or let's say it's a, you know, an email or something. Um, Put that up front, right? That people have, we we all know like notoriously short attention spans, but uh, you know, the point I think is more so that we got to buy their attention up front get them excited up front. And that's what makes them willing to sort of stick around and read the rest. So knowing what the most important takeaway is, putting that up front, right? And uh, and then it's about sort of ruthless prioritization. Um, mm. I, I really, I find that there could be 10 potential things that, you know, companies want to say about why they're so great or why people should care about them. or And so we start with we start with ten, right? And then um, there's a lot of cross referencing and cross checking and testing to to kind of boil it down to what is the what is the top, and then what are two and three, right? Mm-hmm. So some of that comes from um, talking to customers. It doesn't have to be a thousand customers. It doesn't have to be like a scientific study. But if you talk to ten customers and they start saying similar things, you know, you start hearing the same thing come up again and again and again about why they are looking for a solution or how they benefit from a solution or, you know, what matters to them in their buying decision, right? You start to hear some, some common threads, you know, you give a point to that. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, right? And, and then the competitors and say, okay, is this really a differentiator or is everybody mm. else doing this too, right? What right, is the right. thing that really makes you special that's sort of your, um, the reason why you looked around at this market and said, we can do things differently, right? What is that thing? Um, and so 
hopefully those two things are married together and then you have an obvious number one, (laughs) right? Otherwise we got to sort of just make some tough decisions um, because we can't, the more diluted your message gets, you know, across those potential 10 things that you want to talk about, um, the harder it is uh, for people to remember and understand what you do. Yes. I like this this idea of writing the message not from the lens of the creator, but from the lens of the customer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the truth is the customers don't really care about you. <laughs> I know, I know. But you think about like, well, this is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm passionate about it. And here's the message I want to get out to the world. And I'm being a little... A little yeah, um, and, and that's part of it. I mean, you know, we yeah. see a lot of companies that, you know, they want to be authentic and they want to talk about their their sort of brand personality and they want to talk about, um, especially with uh, everything going on in the world today, uh, you know, how they want to be part of a movement, um, what their mission is, right? And I would argue that is still important, right? Mm -hmm. That's still a reason why people want to be affiliated with you. Um, But before they meet you, right, they're they're living in their own context, whatever their status quo is, right? That's the world they care about and that they go to work every day and that they're the problems that they're dealing with. They're not sitting around thinking about you, right? (laughs) So you're basically entering their world and asking for them to pay attention to what you have to say. So if if you can come at things with an understanding of their context, right? And say, we we get you, we we know this is the problems that you're having, the obstacles that you're facing, but here's the potential for change. Um, Then, then, you know, you're, you're kind of proving that, you you get them and and uh, you could be a partner to them um, rather than just sort of interrupting them and saying, "Hey, look at me." Mm. I think that's a great way to to think about it is to to be their partner. Don't don't look at it as a vendor customer scenario. Mm. Yeah, they're so, going to go through. They're going to go through their journey, right? The customer's journey. You know, we so we talked a little bit about the status quo and changing the status quo. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of customers don't even know that they could change, right? Some of them um, might have a trigger event, like we were talking about, you know, compliance and, and uh, you know, privacy law before. Sometimes the market forces them to change because, wow, this new law plat passed and now I have to do something about it, right? Or I'm going to get fined. That's right. a very tangible driver of change. Um, but in other cases, the the customers possibly sitting around are perfectly happy, they think, with, with what they're doing today or they've just learned to live with the situation that they're in and they don't even know that that there's uh, you know, a possibility for for anything different. I think that's very true of a lot of technology situations. And you do need to be, change doesn't happen unless the cost of staying the same is lower than the cost of changing. And if you don't even know there's a possibility, then uh, it is definitely, you you can't even get out of the starting block. So painting the picture and and telling the story around that is pretty captivating. Yeah. And the the pain of 
how did you put it? The pain of staying the same has to be greater than the, the pain. You know, the opposite, like the, the, right. the pain of not changing mm-hmm. has to be greater than the pain of changing. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's hard. It's hard to change, especially when you, you, you're looking saying nothing's broken. But just because nothing's broken doesn't mean something can't be better. But where is the motivation to seek better when the current state isn't bad? <laughs> isn't bad, right? or or you don't even realize how bad or how exactly. better it could be, right? Yeah. So yep. yeah, a- agitating that pain can yeah. be very effective. <laughs> I so, know it's like right? I'm going to make something hurt when that didn't hurt before, so right. that I can come in and solve it for you. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's it's funny because I, you know, as I've spent a lot of time in the cybersecurity space. Um, and of course that's sort of like the ultimate pain, not, maybe not the ultimate pain. If you were in healthcare, that'd probably be. Yes. (laughs) I know. Perspective. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But there's a big pain in getting breached, right. A material pain and an embarrassment and a risk. And, um, and yet it, sometimes it's so sort of like, esoteric because you don't know what you don't know. Um, And so sort of driving that pain home um, is is really important to sort of wake people up. Um, Well, and you're mm -hmm. avoiding a problem and you never actually know if you did it. You never exactly. know if you had a if you could have had a problem that you didn't have. I sprayed the monster juice and the monster did not appear, so it must have worked. right. But did the monster not appear because I did what I needed to do with the monster juice, right? Right. And so, so sometimes it's um, you know we're seeing lots of examples, real life examples, right, of companies yeah. that didn't do the right thing and look, they paid the they paid the price. Yeah. Um, but it's also an operational pain uh, in terms of just the amount of time it takes uh, for uh, people to prepare for an audit or, you know, go through reports or double check the information that they need or, um, and also it's a business pain where cyber security type folks are often seen as a, as a blocker because they slow things Mm. down, they add a lot of friction and they don't want to be that way, but they they are sort of trapped in this position. So, you know, we talk a lot about how you can also enable business and, uh, you know, get products to market faster and make customers feel more confident because customers are asking a lot of questions about security. And so you can sell your product more, um, more rapidly, uh, you know, without as many obstacles in the sales cycle. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of ways to sort of make the, both the pain and the potential benefit, uh, tangible, measurable, uh, you know, demonstratable so that the buyer starts to get excited again about the vision of the future, right? So mm. and how it compares to their current status quo. Um, right. Sometimes looking at just what the market around them is doing, this is what your competitors are doing, right? And how they've been able to accelerate their business. And if you don't do this, right, you're going to fall behind, um, so for yes. some companies, that's a, that's a real driver is just, just the competitive nature of the market that they're in and keeping up right. with Joneses. Yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, this is fantastic. Well, tell me more about centerboard marketing. No, centerboard marketing. Um, this is sort of the sweet spot of what we focus on. It's kind of yeah. the, inter- the intersection of product marketing for uh, complex technology products uh, and content marketing. So essentially we help companies 
figure out what makes them different, unique in their market, and then find the words to say it. So putting that um, sort of into tangible terms, often it's like a website revamp that's kind of the driver, the trigger, as we were talking about, right? Yeah. Or a rebranding of a company, or they're going into, often we have companies that are exploring a new market or, or you know, a new target persona, um, or they're launching a new product. And so they they don't have they don't have either the resources to to do that, or they don't have the insight into the into that market yet uh, to really know how to um, position themselves. So what we do is um, we do the research with the customers and the competitors and the internal teams um, to develop messaging structures, and then once we have the foundation of a messaging structure, um, we develop um, content that can be used for campaigns or websites or. Um, you know, thought leadership pieces that take all that marketing messaging and turns it into customer-facing content that um, a company's marketing team can and sales team can then use within the sales cycle. Oh, that's fantastic. I actually really like the simplicity of find the right words to say it. Right. Because it's not simple. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, turning the lens on yourself, and this is something I've learned even just as a you know, a small business owner, like turning the lens on yourself is very, very difficult. As you said, like having somebody else read your words. So um I think, you know, having that third party who's sort of able to take that step back, right? And cut through all the wheat to find you know, I guess the the hay stack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it really does kind of take someone from the outside. It does. Well, and you have honed your craft and it's exciting to hear how you do it and the great work that you're doing with your many customers. So if I were to ask you, what is the one nugget that you would want people to walk away with, whether it's about this co- this um, conversation or your company, uh, what would that that one nugget be? I think it's exactly as as you just hit on, which is finding the words to say it, right? I love it. You you know, companies know themselves best, you know, better than I ever could as as an independent consultant, right? Um, But outside of the company, um, but sometimes it it is hard to actually crystallize that and put that into words. It is. It is. So, well, this is fantastic. If someone wanted to find you, what's the best way for them to reach you? The website is centerboard-marketing. That's the company website. Um, if you want to hit me up on LinkedIn, you know, I'd love to connect with people. Um, there's also um, one thing we didn't talk about, but I'd, I'd love to just direct people to is yeah. um, there's a book that uh, that I wrote last year, which helps those folks who want to kind of take this, you know, into their own hands and start of go through the process of um, marketing and positioning um, their company. Um, so there's a, a book you can find on Amazon called Brand Breakthrough. And I'd love for people to check that out too. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, Brand Breakthrough on Amazon and find Margie at Centerboard Marketing. So Margie, thanks for such a great conversation and I've just really enjoyed it and I wish you all the best as you continue on with your great work with your clients. Thanks very much. It's been really fun. Thanks for listening to this episode. For more information and to contact us, visit www.humansoptimized.com.